0: once you come in that door you become part of the family we sit down and talk to you uh, shake hands we know everybody's families husbands wives kids some you know a lot of us will get together and barbecue sometimes on our days off but you don't we don't ever treat anybody like they're a dollar Welcome to the Small Business Celebration Podcast,
1: the podcast by successful small business owners for business owners like you, so you can grow a strong and profitable business and use something you learned on this podcast today. Our guest is Julie and Rick Crawford of Pyrenees Cafe and The Silver Fox, and they're going to guide us on the importance of what qualities to look for in a person when purchasing your business, how to create a great customer following, and why learning the craft of your business is important before owning the business. But before we get into this wide-ranging conversation, let's hear a quick word from our sponsors. As a business owner, you are a visioneer. And you are ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than your mainstream competition. But what about your message? If your clients and customers don't clearly understand what you can do for them, you are leaving money on the table. If you confuse, you lose. Here at Small Business Celebration, we have a seven-step solution that can clarify your message and put you in the game. Don't leave money on the table. Go to SmallBusinessCelebration.com and schedule an introduction today. Tim McNeely with Lifestone Wealth Management understands that most entrepreneurs like you simply want to make a difference in the lives of the people they love and the causes they care about. In order to do that, you need assistance in solving all of your unique financial needs. The problem is... Your current financial advisor wants to talk about what a great job they are doing managing your investment portfolio, and that can leave you feeling frustrated and misunderstood. Tim believes you deserve financial advice that moves beyond your portfolio. Tim understands that you need advice on minimizing taxes, taking care of the next generation, and protecting your hard earned assets, all while supporting the causes you are passionate about. That is why, for the last 20 years, Tim has focused on providing advice beyond investments. Here's how it works. First, you and Tim meet, and he learns what really matters to you. Then, Tim presents a plan for moving forward, making real progress towards achieving your most important goals. To get started, contact Tim at LifestoneWM.com. That's LifestoneWM.com. And start making a difference in the lives of the people you love and the causes you care about. Welcome, fellow business owners. I'm Michael Roberts here with the the Small Business Celebration podcast. Now, if you hear a little bit of an echo and you hear some sounds in the background that sound like a restaurant, well, you're correct. We are here at the Pyrenees Cafe, and our guests today are Rod and Julie Crawford. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Rod and Julie have, they own a pair of businesses. They own the Pyrenees Cafe and the Silver Fox Bar. And uh, did I get the name of that right?
0: The Silver Fox Starlight Lounge.
1: Starlight Lounge. I like that name even better. And these, and Rod and Julie have gone ahead and they've won numerous awards and including Best New Bar in Bakersfield by the Bakersfield Downtown Business Association. They have been in the New Yorker Magazine, the Kitchen Magazine, the the Cook's Cutlery, and they've won all kinds of wonderful awards and, and have done all kinds of great things. And they've taken over a, a restaurant that is a very much a Bakersfield staple that has been here forever. And they have not only done well with the restaurant, in my opinion, they've actually improved it and made it even better. First of all, I have to ask, what prompted the two of you to get into the restaurant business?
2: Well, I'm in the restaurant business because when I was 15 years old, my mom took me to Rosemary's Creamery, or actually it was Leatherby's then, and sat through my interview with me and lied and told Rosemary (laughs) I was 16. (laughs) And honestly, I've been working in restaurants for the rest of my life. That's really all I know how to do, you know. So the only place to go... When you're working in a restaurant, is to be the owner of a restaurant. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of when you're climbing the ladder, that's where the ladder ends. Sure. (laughs) That's where you want to be.
1: Sure, exactly, exactly. So that
2: was how I ended up. I just got into it, loved it, stayed in it.
1: Did you, what was your experience with the Pyrenees Cafe before you bought it?
2: Uh, I worked here um, for five years Mm -hmm. and it, came up for sale, and I did try to buy it, but I had nowhere near as much money as Mm -hmm. a lot of my competitors did. So I ended up um, leaving after a few months. I didn't like how the restaurant was being run, Mm -hmm. and I went over and worked at Narducci's for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the restaurant was coming available again, Mm -hmm. and we ended up being able to buy it 10 years later.
1: Excellent. And, Rod, what did you – how did you get into the restaurant business?
0: I worked in quite a few restaurants growing up, Uh starting out at one of the oldest Mexican restaurants in town, Sinaloa's. Okay. And then went to Rose's, Italian restaurant, and uh, ran a few pizza places in town, Trader's Steak and Bake Pizzas. Mm -hmm. And then that lasted until I was about 21 and then went into manufacturing and up until the point where I met – my wife Julie, I kind of married into this, not even <laughs> expecting to actually work in a restaurant ever again.
1: And at what point did you purchase the the Silver Fox?
0: That was just a little over 2 years after we took over Pyrenees.
1: Uh-huh. And what prompted the purchase of the Silver Fox?
2: A lot of pushiness from our realtor.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. We we had tossed the idea around, but we had gotten to the point where Pyrenees was now paying for itself. Mm -hmm. And we'd worked so hard to get to this point. Mm -hmm. And our realtor, Leslie, kept coming at us. I really think you need to check this place out. And I was like, God, we really need another place like we need a hole in the head. You know, it's like, <laughs> we're so tired already. How, how can we make this second thing happen? Sure. And I think we went and looked at it three or four times. And the owner of the building really knew my wife. Right. Uh, knew what she was capable of. And she was having a hard time having to move out of she had health issues and things that were going on, mm-hmm. and she had a lot of offers on that place, but we kind of got it the same way that we got Pyrenees. The owners really loved my wife, knew what she was capable of, knew that she loved what she did and that she would take care of it, mm. and she made us a deal that we couldn't refuse. Sure. I mean, it was really, we just, we could not refuse it, and we were going to own that building. We don't own the Pyrenees building. Mm-hmm. We're in a really good lease. Okay. You know? Sure. But that we were going to own. And we were going to own a piece of downtown that was that right now is really up and coming. Right. So.
2: so. we both loved Silver Fox. As You know, when we were younger, we spent a lot of time <laughs> at the Silver Fox. So when we were trying to deliberate about, you know, what are we going to name it? Mm-hmm. We had picked the Starlight Lounge. And somebody in Kernville already owns that name uh. and so we like then it was just like an epiphany it just came out of the like why aren't we calling it the silver fox again i mean it's the silver fox sure sure and so uh, we decided to name it the silver fox starlight lounge just add
0: our little twist to history sure sure you know. sure
2: but everybody was so excited when they realized that the silver fox was reopening it was just like wow oh we missed that place
1: Sure, and it's definitely been a mainstay in Bakersfield. It's an icon of Bakersfield for yeah. forever, just like Pyrenees were. And one of the things that prompted me to want to interview the two of you is that it's one thing to start a business from scratch and build it up into a successful business, but it's something else to take an existing business that's doing okay, that's doing all right, and purchase that business and... Turning around is the wrong phrase for it, but improve and be turn that moderately successful business into a profitable successful business. What was some of the processes or, or what are some of the things that you did to make that happen? First
0: thing we did we had to come in and kind of remodel kind of you know paint plaster try and maintain the aesthetics Mm -hmm. of the buildings we didn't want it to feel they're both really old places pyrenees was built in 1901 or the late 1800s sure the silver fox was built in the 40s and so you wanted we it was important to us to kind of hold on to the history of it and Mm -hmm. make it feel like you're still walking back into the past you know not the, not something brand new not we didn't run out and buy a bunch of brand new furniture we held on to things that it would be really comfortable to walk into like you're walking into the past
1: sure sure and what were some of the things that you did did you did you keep most of the staff or did you educate the staff and transform the staff or how did that work well um when
2: we came from narducci's everybody that worked at narducci's came over here to work with us
1: sure
0: sure, sure.
2: every sure. single person
0: <laughs> On top of when we bought Pyrenees, we promised to keep everybody that was here. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So we had a double staff. We had 40-something employees. Wow. It was... That That's was, a lot of payroll.
2: It was, was th- tough. But, I yeah, mean,
0: and I'll, I'll tell you more about that after a while. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, if we reconvened over at the, the Silver Fox and had a <laughs> couple beverages, I understand. Yeah.
2: But, but uh, everybody kind of, you know, the people that weren't comfortable... With us, mm-hmm. and you know, the other staff coming over, and the people that weren't quite as competent as some others, we kind of weeded through some of them, but most some of them of left at- on their own, and some of them, most of them, a lot of them still work here. We have a staff of 25, mm-hmm. or tw- not 25, 24 right now.
1: One of the things that I'm taking away from this that is, I think, intrinsically important is that. If you're a business owner and you've created a business and you're ready to sell your business, finding the right people who are willing to take over your business and willing to take over your vision and taking, and take that, your business to the next level is key. And finding those people is is fundamentally important. And what was the process that you two went through convincing or working with the previous owner that you're going to take care of the Pyrenees Cafe and that you were going to bulldoze it and turn it into a parking lot? Well, we're
2: previously... I've I've known the previous owner for quite some time, and I think he knew. He knows what we were capable of. I think that's the reason he chose us over people who had more to offer. Mm -hmm. He had better offers than we had. But this, for me was my third business try. Okay, (laughs) sure. And then Silver Fox being number four, he knew that we had viable restaurant experience. We have great following, all the things. I mean, some of my employees over um, at my previous business had been with me a good eight years, and they're still here. Mm -hmm. So... All of our cooks had been over there for uh, six or seven years. They're still here. So I think he knew that we would cherish it, love it, keep the tradition of it. I mean, and I was, I think that that was
1: why he chose us. Sure. One of the things that makes the Pyrenees Cafe special. Is the way that you interact with the customers and the way that you 've created a following because there are other Basque restaurants within you know within blocks that people have a choice to go to, and yes there are people there are a lot of us that like to frequent all of them because we love Basque food but Prior to coming to the Pyrenees Cafe, how did you develop that following of customers and clients who come and are repeat week after week after week after week and they just keep coming back? How did you guys build that up?
2: Well, it already has a following. It already, Pyrenees Cafe is iconic, already has its own built in customer base. So all we did was basically you know, clean up and restore the building some. We made the food more consistent and better. Plus I had following from previous restaurants that I've worked at or owned. And I think once they come in and they have the Pyrenees experience, they want to keep coming back because it's not only is it, uh, the food is good. It's, it's such a great environment. It's like, So cool, old town. (laughs) You know, everybody sits next to each other, and you're forced to make a friend next to you. You know, sure, sure,
1: sure.
0: And like you said, we we do. We get out. We interact. We once you come in that door, you become part of the family. We sit down and talk to you, Uh, shake hands. We know everybody's families, husbands, wives, kids. Some, you know, a lot of us will get together and barbecue sometimes on our days off. But you don't. We don't ever treat anybody like they're a dollar. Or I mean, they're just. We try to treat everybody like you want to be treated, like family. Sure. When they come in, we know what they're going to want to eat, what they're going to want to drink. You know, they don't even have to get a menu. But right? just the girls that that serve them, they they know all this already once sure. they've been here a couple of times.
1: Right. Right. You walk into the door and they said, "Oh, you want the setup, right?"
0: <laughs>
2: well, we have some customers that refuse to let you take their dirty plate to the kitchen. They do it themselves. Wow. Yeah. They do not want you to do it because they want to feel like.
0: <laughs> They're part of know. the family.
2: We have one customer. One customer. I told him I was giving out W-2s. So I looked through <laughs> to find his. It's not there.
0: He's in charge of the TV's the bar. We call him the daytime manager. <laughs>
1: Does he have his own brass plaque on or brass uh, nameplate on the bar yet, or mm. on his chair?
2: He doesn't. But one one of our customers who's passed away, we used to call him the Colonel back in the day when I worked here. He has his plaque. Nice, nice. Yeah, but we definitely should get him one. <laughs> but I think
0: everybody knows where Ed sits. <laughs> <laughs> so that's his. That's his seat. Yeah.
1: And what are so? You've talked a little bit about you know this culture that you've created and this environment, and and you've 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 given us a taste of what to expect when somebody comes into the restaurant. Where did you learn this? I learned it through
2: every single person I've worked for, every restaurant I've ever worked at. Um, Charlotte Carter and Aubrey Carter, the owner of Casey Steakhouse. Charlotte taught me a lot mm. about service. I mean, which she's, she's the one who told me, when you quit focusing on the tip and you start focusing on your service, mm. that's when the tip will come. Right. She said, it's not about the tip, it's about making your customers happy. And when it started, that started to sink in, And I realized, you know, the more I did for them, Mm -hmm. the more I knew what they needed before they even knew they wanted it. You know, her training helped me a lot. And then her husband, Aubrey Carter, is the one who owned Pyrenees at the time when I first came to work here. And he hired me right off the bat. (laughs) And I called him because my restaurant before that, Savannah's at the Hill House, we had just closed it. We didn't go under. We just decided after three years of make, breaking even, we were done. Sure. So after laying on the couch for a couple of weeks, like probably two, three weeks, <laughs> one of my friends, Henry Noto, called and said, Hey, why don't you call Aubrey? He's opening the Pyrenees. And, and I did. I said, I'll do anything for you, Aubrey. I said, I'll sit in your office and do your books. I'll, I'll seat your people. I'll bust tables or whatever. And he goes, why don't you come and be my daytime bartender? And I I really didn't have a whole lot of bartending experience then, so I was a little bit, you know, nervous. Mm -hmm. But when I walked in the door, everybody at the bar stood up and gave me a standing ovation when they realized that it was me that was going to be their bartender. Nice. And that makes you feel pretty good.
1: You got a very interesting invitation from a distributor of spirits, I understand, to do something here at the Pyrenees. It's involved a TV show, I believe
0: diners, drive-ins and dives.
1: And how did that happen? Well, our, um, you go ahead.
0: I think it has more to do with you, but our, our liquor rep, he's our, a boss of our head liquor rep had a, they've built a really good relationship over the years with Julie. Mm-hmm. And he knew that they were trying to get on diners and drive-ins and dives for a long, long time. And, uh,
2: he knew Guy Fieri. Uh-huh. Guy Fieri was one of his friends. And so we were standing in the parking lot at Pyrenees, you know, just getting out of our car one day. And he just kind of out of the blue. He's like, how would you guys like to be on diners, drive-ins, and dives?
1: <laughs> we're like, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to ask me
2: twice. <laughs> yeah. So he ended up, uh, that was when Guy was opening his restaurant in Bakersfield. And so he was looking for a few I think he ended up doing seven restaurants in Mm. our area. Right. And one in Taft. But
0: uh, um, I know that normally, because we had just reopened Pyrenees, they would normally not look at a restaurant that the owners hadn't owned for less than two years. Right. But because Julie's history and her history here at Pyrenees coming back to work and Chef Gilbert that worked here at the same time, Mm -hmm. they really liked the story of Julie and their, our French cook coming back to work. Nice. And so the story intrigued him. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was really how we were able to, to get on. And then he came in and saw the building and he was like, <laughs> oh wow, this place is really cool. And what's
1: been the lasting result for, from being on the TV show?
2: Uh, we get a lot of uh, out-of-towners that have seen it uh-huh. and they, they'll drive out of their way a couple hours just to just to come to Pyrenees, and then they'll go to 24th Street Cafe, and they'll go, <laughs> they'll go to all the places in Bakersfield that were on the show. Uh, but we get a lot of uh, pass-through traffic from that. Not as much local. I think we did right off the bat, you know, right. got a little rush. But um, we definitely get, because they still air it all the time, usually like late at night. Sure, yeah, One it's,
0: it's in syndication, so it comes on a couple times a month. Right. Like she said, we'll have people drive from San Francisco just to come have lunch or L.A. or people passing through from Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And they've got their triple D book, and they'll come in, and they'll want to get Julie to sign it. They want to take a picture in front of the (laughs) sign, you know. And, I mean, they've got hundreds of places that they stop. Sure. And what's cool when they stop here is that we get to tell them, hey, you need to go check out Noriega's, wool growers, Luigi's. You know, check out all these awesome 24-street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Arizona Cafe. Everything, I
2: mean, yeah. This is
0: There's this a lot area. of good old family restaurants here. Sure. A lot of people don't know, especially if you're on the west side of the 99. Right. A lot of people over there that have just moved here to town have no idea that this area even exists. Right, right. And we're a very much a destination place to come.
1: You have to want to come here, yes.
0: You do. You do. I mean, it's a a much older...
2: Yeah. Nobody drives by here and goes, ooh, let's stop there. That (laughs) place looks inviting.
0: This is a great
2: neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) But
0: once you walk inside every one of these places, then you get it. Right, right. It's like, okay, this is cool. You're not going to get anything like this in any other part of town.
1: A lot of people know that the restaurant business can be challenging. And... What is something that you've learned from that has impacted the way that you run a business and have built a successful business?
2: Hmm. Um, You're just basically learning as you go every day. Mm -hmm. You know,
1: learn from every mistake you make. Sure, but what's a what's a mistake that you've had that? that's had a lasting impression on you that uh, sticks with you, that you go, you know what, don't do this ever. because yeah,
2: Don't file your taxes one day, late. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, for sure. <laughs> uh, there's so much uh, that goes on behind the scenes mm-hmm. that a customer doesn't see or isn't aware of. Um, I've learned not to uh, reply to my customers on Yelp. That's a bad thing.
1: Okay. <laughs> if okay. you
2: get somebody that's unhappy, do not reply. <laughs> just let it go.
1: Sure, sure. And why? Just out of curiosity, why is that?
2: Uh, because it just turns into a Yelp
1: war. <laughs> you uh, can't. It
2: doesn't matter what you say or anything.
1: Right, right. There's right. still,
2: they're still. I don't know.
1: And how about you, Rod? What, what is there something that you've learned? You know, that's that's been a challenge in the past that you've learned from that has impacted the way you continue to do business. God. (laughs) Patience.
0: Patience is a hard one for me. I am very, very impatient. Uh
2: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What you don't say on social media.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm very big in social media. Right. And I've had to learn to keep my mouth shut, keep my personal opinions to myself.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. You know? I mean, whether it's political, religious, whatever. I just really try to focus on our restaurants and our businesses and keep my personal life separate because we can all agree to disagree Mm -hmm. and all get along and have different opinions. Sure. You know, but at the end of the day, we all want to be happy together. Right.
1: And have a good food and a good drink. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what
2: we're here for. That's really the most important (laughs) part. And we got to remember that, you know, that's our job. That's why we're here. That's why people come. They want, To be taken care of.
0: And we chose it.
1: Has there ever been a book or something that you've read that has made a big impact on the way you do business?
2: You know, I was thinking about that, and I didn't have an answer. But it did occur to me, I didn't read the book, but I I watched uh, a clip from it. And I can't remember. I think it's the guy who owned Ferrell's. Okay. And he wrote a book called Give Him the Pickle. Okay, and it's about you know the restaurant business. Uh, He had an employee that a customer asked asked for extra pickle, and he's like, "I'm sorry, sir, but we only put one pickle." (laughs) And uh, the whole book is about you know if they ask for another pickle, give them the pickle. Sure, (laughs) your job is to make them happy. Right. Right. So when I watched that, that had a big impact on how I thought about things, also.
1: Sure, sure. Let them eat cake. <laughs> if they want cake, you give them cake. <laughs> exactly, exactly. There are some people out there that have always wanted to own a restaurant. What advice, other than don't, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> what would you give somebody who is interested in opening up a restaurant or a bar?
0: I think you're going to have to do something that, that you're familiar with, mm-hmm. that you know, that you love. I hear people say, you know, live your dream. Go out and do exactly what you want. Well, if you don't know anything about that dream, you're not going to succeed. Right. For one. You might just throw your money right down a hole. Sure, sure, sure.
2: I see that happen a lot, too. We have lots and lots of customers and friends that... Oh wow! This is going to be great. We're going to open the doors. People are going to come streaming in. Food's going to come out of the kitchen just right on time, and we're, you know, the bar is going to make money hand over fist. And and maybe you know, it might for the first month or two until you make a few mistakes and sure. make a few people unhappy, and you know, it takes. Even even with our restaurant experience, mm-hmm. you know, the first year everybody is so judgmental and so it takes it takes a good two years to settle in before everybody just kinda leaves you alone, you know, just right. to do your business instead of, you know, if it were me, I'd do that or
0: Everybody. That was kind of a joke <laughs> we we're gonna make a T shirt. You know what I'd do if I were you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it, it took me a long time.
2: But I <laughs> would come
0: home so sensitive at for a year you know from the criticism of everybody and it took a long time to grow a thick skin cuz I knew in my heart and my wife mm-hmm. we're doing everything we can and it takes a while to work the bugs out
2: even and in a place you're familiar with it still takes a while yeah.
1: Now that you're starting to have some success or having success with the Pyrenees Cafe and the Silver Fox. What are you doing with that
0: success? We're trying to, trying to take a little free time for ourselves and our family, Mm -hmm. spend time with friends out of the restaurant and the bar, because if we're here, you can't really stop to have fun, Mm. even though both places are really fun to be at. You're always focused on what's going on with everybody else around you. Mm. And if, some, if you see something that might not be getting done quite right, you can't really relax. Sure. And so just being home for a day or going out of town, going to the boat, the beach, the mountains, camping.
1: What are some of the ex- camping excursions you've taken?
2: Uh, well, we go to Soda Flats with one of our friends, Lloyd Ralphs his family has a he, his family and another family they have a historic cabin up there nice and so we fly in in a helicopter and or they hike in <laughs> i'm not hiking in i'm flying in
0: just flying in in a helicopter you realize how hard it would be to hike in with all your gear sure and, Sure. I'm not doing that. I'm I'm 50. <laughs> I got a bad back, a bad leg. It's not happening.
1: <laughs> sure, sure.
2: <laughs> the gimp's not high. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Very good. And, and uh, what what other excursions or vacations do you guys like to take?
2: Uh, we go to Hawaii usually in January if my parents invite us. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll stay with them on their timeshare. It's just nice because we can take our daughter. So, uh-huh. you know, it's not only do we get to have a little free time because grandma and grandpa are there, then, you know, we also get to take her to see things and do things that she's never done. You nice. know, she's determined not to swim with the sharks, but.
0: She loves the shark movies, but she won't swim with the sharks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> she did swim with the dolphins, though. She's done that twice. That's pretty cool.
0: And last know. year being one of our first trips that we really decided to take off on and went to Hawaii. The first morning we were there, we were up about 7.30 in the morning and slightly after 8 o'clock, our phones went off letting us know that there was a missile on the way to Hawaii. And uh, Take we, cover. Take cover, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you talk about the worst first morning of Before. deciding to go anywhere, you know, and you think... <laughs> This is our first day on vacation and we're going to die.
2: <laughs> yeah. Where do you take cover on a golf course?
0: <laughs> and we were with the folks, so we were kind of determined to be good and not really have a lot of cocktails or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that went right out the window after we realized that it was a false alarm. <laughs> I had media contacting me on my phone, on Facebook. I think we were on Fox News and different channels. And I'd call. <laughs> they, they wanted to do an interview, and I said, "Listen, I'm by the pool. I've had cocktails. I don't have a shirt on, and they're like, no and problem." Has,
2: and, he, oh, and he has a belly button ring now. Everybody knows it. <laughs> <laughs> and the six year old that he was so afraid he was going to lose two hours early. He like. Turned the phone away because she kept bouncing the ball off the back of his head while he's trying to do this basically. So he turns the phone away, knocks her out of the way. (laughs) Oh sorry. (laughs) Lost you there for a minute. (laughs) Just thought she was gonna die two hours before, now he's gonna kill her.
1: (laughs) Are you planning on opening up another restaurant, another venture, or are you happy where you're at, or are you planning on or are you willing to roll the dice and try something new?
0: That depends on who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> I want to own the world. <laughs> My wife's tired and says, I'm done.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he keeps looking and looking. He's like, oh, well, this place is for sale or that place is for sale. Well, just come look at us. Are you trying to kill me?
0: Right. <laughs> but it would have to be something with a lot of history. Sure. I'm not going to open up in a strip mall in some steel building, some fabricate prefabricated something. Right. And so finding that right place in Bakersfield, because there is not a lot, mm-hmm. it'll have to be something really special. Sure. sure. And I'm not sure if it would be a restaurant again, because mm-hmm. it does take so much to do. Sure. And our other bar, the Silver Fox, it's a lot more simple.
1: Sure, sure. Well, and, and there is a certain business philosophy called diversification of interests. And yeah. so you know that, that might be something to employ at this point as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Well, this interview has been fantastic. It's been very entertaining. It's been informative. And I want to thank you on behalf of all of our visionaries here at Small Business Celebration. Thank you for being on the podcast. We really appreciated it. Well, Well, thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. It was fun. Well, good. And before we go away, uh, how can people find you here at the Pyrenees Cafe and the Silver Fox?
0: Well...
2: Well, we're always at the Pyrenees Cafe Monday through Friday for sure from about 10.30 to 3. We huh. have to pick up our 7-year-old at 3 after school. <laughs> so we're usually here at, during those times at the Silver Fox. We're there from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. always. Um,
0: and then we're in intermittently throughout the day.
2: Yeah. And then they can uh call each restaurant. Uh the Silver Fox phone number is
0: 661-447-4147. Yep. And then Pyrenees is 661-323-0053.
1: And what's the for those who have never experienced the Pyrenees Cafe or the Silver Fox, what are their addresses?
0: Pyrenees Cafe is 601 Sumner Street, Bakersfield, California nine three three oh five oh five. And the Silver Fox is seven hundred eighteenth Street, Bakersfield, California, nine three three zero one.
1: And if people want to follow you on social media and see that wonderful Facebook interview that you did, that you turned the camera away when your daughter was beating you upside the head with the beach (laughs) uh, ball, how can they find you on social media?
0: We we have, I basically just do a lot of facebooking and the silver fox starlight lounge has its own page and pyrenees cafe has its own page and daily we're always updating stuff letting people know what's going on or even promoting other people's businesses on there also and telling stories about history like sinaloa's that just closed Mm -hmm. um yeah we just like to be supportive of everybody it's it takes an army sure you know
1: Thank you both very much for being on the podcast. We really sincerely appreciate it, and we look forward to following you guys on social media. And if you are interested in learning more about, uh, about the Pyrenees Cafe, again, you can find them on social media on Facebook and also the Starlight Lounge. As well. so, excuse me, the Silver Fox, the Starlight Lounge. You can also follow them on Facebook. Thank you very much for being on the podcast, and we look forward to talking again soon. Thank you Thank very you. much. I've been asked... Who is a visioneer? A visioneer is a small business owner who's a pioneer that has vision. A visioneer is someone willing to see the world, not as it is, but as it could be, and is willing to do something about it. A visioneer is ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than the mainstream competition. A visioneer gives value first because visioneers are in business for the long haul. Visionaries understand the difference between saving money and earning a profit. Visionaries define their destiny. Visionaries create their own luck. Visionaries surround themselves with successful, like-minded people. Visionaries are renegades who defy the mainstream competition and are ready to change the world. Are you a visioneer? Become a visioneer by joining the tribe on Small Business Celebrations Facebook page and on Instagram today. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you may find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. And that's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. Also, if you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, Subscribe to this podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. If there is a business in the California, San Joaquin Valley you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I am your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.